If you're looking for great Christian content, we want to encourage you to check out peachtreepress.org. Peachtree Press LLC offers digital products, journals, books, Bible study guides, sermon outlines, Christian blogs, and church notebooks for children and adults. Some products are also available as print on demand. Peachtree Press is a sponsor of this program and a partner in offering authentic Christian content. For more information, check out peachtreepress.org. Welcome back, rappers, to our fourth season of the Ray Reynolds Rap Podcast. If you haven't already done it, please hit that subscribe button or follow us for content on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. Also, check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com for sermons, weekly blogs, books, study guides, and lots of free stuff. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's program. In our text just a moment ago, we had the reading from 2 Peter chapter 3. And verses 9 through 11, where Peter, one of the beloved apostles of Jesus, writes a second letter to the churches, and he identifies the fact that God is a God of promises. Now, one thing you notice as you go through your Bible is God constantly is making covenants and promises with his people. In fact, you can look no further than maybe Genesis chapter 8. And as you read 6, 7, and 8 in Genesis, you find that God is deciding to make a covenant with Noah. And in order for Noah to know that the covenant is made and the covenant is kept, he puts something in the sky as a reminder. Do you remember what that was? The rainbow. And God said, I'm going to allow this rainbow to be a sign of the covenant between me and you. And he does this to Noah, but he does it for all generations. So that every time we see a rainbow, we're reminded of the promises of God. Now I submit to you this morning, that's not the only time God has made a covenant, has made a promise to his people, and set a reminder for all of us to know, to see, to believe, and to really rest in a promise of God. This morning when we took communion, we did that. We thought about what it means to really reflect on the cross and to think about Jesus taking our place, and we enjoy that communion together as a church family, but it is a covenant As Jesus said, you will take this until I come again. Thinking about the covenant and the promises of God, setting aside the things we know about Noah and about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, removing from our minds for a moment the things that were even promised to Joseph and to the 12 tribes, and to Moses and Aaron as they led the people out of Egypt and across the Red Sea. Setting aside the covenants we know that God made with his people through the prophets to save them, to spare them from their enemies, to be able to walk with them in captivity and in trial. And even when they're taken captive, he's still with them and the promise to lead them back to Jerusalem. Lay that aside this morning. Even if we were to sit down and think about the covenant that's made with the apostles and the covenant that was made even at that point to be able to be with them forever as he says he's going to send the Holy Spirit Have that in the back of your mind, but set it aside a little bit this morning. What has God promised you? What has God promised to you as an individual? There are a lot of promises and covenants made to God's people collectively, and that's important. We don't want to remove it completely, but just this morning, think about what God has done for you. Back in Genesis chapter 3, And verse 15, we are given 
the first promise to you and to me. In Genesis chapter 3, of course, we know Adam and Eve have sinned. They were asked one thing, don't eat from this tree. It sounds pretty easy, right? Sounds pretty easy. Sometimes my mom and my grandma, we were over at her house the same way. She'd have the cobbler or the pie or the cookies. If it was cookies, it's hard because you can sneak one and nobody knows unless they counted them at the beginning. But you couldn't sneak a slice of pie or a slice of cake. And, and mom or my grandmother would say, don't touch that. Don't go near it. We're saving that. For, sometimes it was for the next day. Don't eat any of that. So we have to eat our meal first, but we're reminded that there's a great promise that's coming in just a little bit. The temptation of Adam and Eve to not eat from that one tree. You can eat anything you want. You can have anything you want in this garden, but not that tree. They did it anyway. They ate from the tree, and it says immediately their eyes were opened. Now, God goes through systematically, and he tells Adam, because you've done this, there's going to be this punishment. He also says to Satan, there's a punishment to him for being involved in this whole scheme to make man sin. And then he says to Eve, she's going to also have a punishment as a result. And those are covenants, those are promises, those, even though they're negative, were given to those three individuals there in the garden. But God says in chapter 3 and verse 15, that through the seed of that woman, which is Mary, or pardon me, through, through uh, Eve, would come to another woman, Mary, to bring the Savior of humanity, which is Jesus. And he says the seed is going to come through this woman, and he will crush the head of the serpent, Satan, the devil. So the promise is immediately made, even though it's not happened yet, and it wouldn't happen for 4,000 years. Now, the best example I can use, and, and I use this because we have five boys, okay? I remember oftentimes growing up, my mother would let us go outside. You know, we, didn't, we didn't have all these game systems and things. If we wanted mom, we were in her hair, get outside, go play, go do something. But almost always, she would ask us two things when we'd leave. One, close the door on your way out. And the other was, when you come back, don't track any dirt in. Did your parents ever say that to you? Kick the shoes off at the door or stomp it out before you come in? We're boys. You think we remembered that? No. No. That's why we never had white carpet growing up. I do not recommend that if you have boys or pets or a house, okay? White carpet. Uh, white carpet gets dirty. It shows dirt quickly. And my mom would say, when you come back in, get the dirt off your boots or get your dirt off your shoes or kick the dirt out. Sometimes my brothers stand out there, we take those two shoes and we just smack them together, try to get all the dirt out. And almost always, there'd still be something that gets tracked in. I cannot remember a single time when I went out into the yard and came back in that my mom didn't have a broom by the door. Do you know why? Because she knew us. And she knew, even though she told us, don't track any dirt in, don't track any mud in, when we came in, inevitably there would be something. Sometimes on the corner of the boots or shoes that we thought we got out, we didn't. Or maybe even on the pant leg. 
My mom knew she could make us a covenant, you know, you, a promise. You, you track mud in, there's going to be trouble. You track dirt in, there's going to be trouble. But my mom was always prepared for the mess. You see, when God told Adam and Eve, don't eat from the tree, he expected them to eat from the tree. He said in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 that he would provide a way out. God allows us to sin. It's not what he wants. He's commanded us not to do it. He's told us not to do it. But he knew humanity would sin, and therefore he didn't scramble and say, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do with this mess? He was prepared with the broom beforehand. Y'all with me? Amen? The promise of God is that before you even sin, He already has a way to make it right. Now, He has accomplished that today through the blood of Jesus Christ. And because Jesus has died once for all, His blood, His precious, innocent, holy, pure blood was shed on the cross for us. What has God done for you? He has provided a way for you to be saved. He has provided a solution to all of us as sinful humans. And you know what? If you were the only one, the only one, He would still send His Son to the cross for you. Second of all, He provides His Son, Jesus Christ. Not just any sacrifice, not just some sacrifice, not just someone who was willing to die, but he sends Jesus to the cross. And I love how Jesus tells his disciples that he came to die for them, to reconcile the problem that was created in the garden. When he talks about how he gives his life as a ransom for many, Luke 19 and verse 10, he says, I willingly give my life up. Now that's great. John 10, he told his disciples, I'm going to willingly offer myself in your place. But he had to live a perfect life in order to do it. 33 plus years he lived perfectly to ensure that the sacrifice was offered correctly. In the Old Testament times, whenever they were to offer a sacrifice, they had to make sure that if it was a sheep, whatever the sacrifice might be, it was pure. It was without blemish specifically for the lamb, without blemish. Jesus didn't have a single blemish on his record as a human, not one. And some of us, it'd be hard to say we have a day, let alone a week. He had 33 plus years. He lived perfectly. He obeyed every law to the letter of the law and set a pattern and example for me and for you. He was the perfect sacrifice now, I didn't plan that. I didn't outline it. It wasn't my idea. I never thought about it. You see, God was ready at the door with the broom before we got out and got into sin. And he knew Jesus is the only one that could die for all of humanity. His perfect life, his precious blood. What he also does for us, God provides a clear pattern for the sinner. If you have your Bibles, you can look in Acts chapter 2, and you can see that from the very beginning... After the New Testament church is just starting to get its, its uh, beginnings, okay, we'll say. This is the beginning in Acts 2. Peter sets the tone because Mark, uh, Matthew 16 says that he was given the keys of the kingdom. 
And so as Peter preaches, he's full of the Holy Spirit. He stands before the crowd after they say, we've sinned, we, we have done wrong. What do we need to do to be saved? And he clearly tells them to repent. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for this promise is to you. He says, to your children, to those who are far off, and to as many as the Lord our God will call. So Peter says on this day, if you want to be saved, God's done the heavy lifting. Amen? God has done the heavy lifting. He offered the sacrifice. All I have to do is accept it. Now we'll see the steps of faith here in just a moment. But it begins with hearing the word of God and understanding that he did it for me. God has done something special for you. He offered his one and only son. Another thought we might look at is he provides the gospel as a power to salvation. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 6, Paul, many times here in the book of Romans, he gets personal with them. He talks about how he sees it and the way he wants to present the message. But in verse 16 of the first chapter, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jews first, and also to the Greek. The gospel is the power. The message that is brought to us has power because it convicts us. Because we know that we're sinful. We've been sinful as long as we've been on this planet. At least at a certain age, we reach that age where we start sinning and we realize what we've done. And we're trying to reconcile it, trying to repent of it. And so he provides the power in the gospel message to convict. In fact, in Acts chapter 2, it says they were pricked in their heart. They thought about the message Peter said when he told them that they had killed him and he was both Lord and Christ, and that, that message hit home. There were men in that assembly, individuals there present in that ser- at that sermon that literally stood at the foot of the cross. They mocked Jesus, they made fun of him, they teased him, ripped his clothes off of him, they beat him, they would scream out, prophesy, see if he knew which one was hitting him. So in Acts 2, when they hear that message, they are pricked in their heart. Let me tell you, if you hear the message of the gospel, it has power. It has power to convict, but it also has power to save. It's the life-saving message that we need. It's the, it's the equivalent of these covenants in the Old Testament. I have to accept my part. Jesus died for me. Through the sacrifice of Jesus, God has also provided an atonement. Now, when you look at the word atonement, it literally means at one mint. Okay, that's pretty easy. At one mint. God has provided Jesus to bring atonement to us. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 9. It says, much more than having now been justified by his blood, that's Christ's blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. Now this is the difficult part that we don't like to talk about. If we are in sin and we are lost, eternity doesn't look good, does it? We talk a lot about heaven. We talk about how wonderful it's going to be, how beautiful it's going to be. But there's another part of eternity that needs to be spoken of. Hell is real. 
There are individuals that will be punished for all eternity because they chose a life of sin. But God has promised to you a greater thing. Heaven is where you belong. It's where your inheritance is. That's what God's been planning all along, is to get you there. To get you to that final destination. And Paul says you can be justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. And then finally there in John chapter 14, Jesus tells His disciples God has promised heaven to you. What was the promise to Noah, well, I'm not going to let it flood again, the whole earth. There's the covenant. It's, it's a reminder every time we see one. The promise to Abraham is, through you, all nations will be blessed. The promise for Isaac, through you, all the nations will be blessed. Promise through Jacob, through you, all the nations will be blessed. Same thing through Judah and so on. The covenant to Moses, the covenant to Aaron was to get him out of Egypt. To be able to provide for them a, a route through the Red Sea to the promised land, because that was promised many years before to Abraham as well. There are covenants made with each of the prophets through the Old Testament for, for salvation here, for deliverance there, for punishment over here. Each of those things, those covenants made to those individuals were meant for them to rest assured God was going to be working on the problem. For us today, God has provided these things we've listed here. He's done all the heavy lifting to ensure that we have salvation. Now that's what God's done. That's, that's great. It's awesome. Amen? God has done all these things in order to save us. Now I put this up here. I'm going to run through these real quickly. But for the next few weeks, this is what we're going to talk about. If that's what God does, then what do I need to do? If, that's, if God has done the heavy lifting, He said you do this, I'm going to do this for you, I'm going to do that for you, what do I need to do? to ensure that I'm taking the proper steps of faith. Well, one is we need to hear the gospel, right? Some of you have seen this before. We've got to hear the message of the gospel. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing. So while we're on the subject of faith, that's the second step. We've got to believe, we've got to have faith that not only who Jesus is, but that he is not only the Savior of the world, he has come to die in my place. And I believe that he has done it for me, and I will receive it through repentance, I will say I want to change my life. I want to be covered by the blood of Jesus, but I'm not going to do the same things. Acts 2.38, what do we need to do to be saved? Repent. That's the first one, he says. Repent. Another thought as we go through Scripture is there has to be confession. I have to confess the name of Jesus because his name is the only name that saves. And then I have to be baptized. We'll deal with this here in a few weeks as well. What does it mean to be covered by the blood of Jesus? What does it mean to be immersed in the blood of Christ? What does it mean to be put filled with the Holy Spirit? What does that mean? How does it look? Well, the Bible teaches us very plainly what it's about. And then finally, I shouldn't say finally, they're continually, so I put it six plus is we need to live faithfully and we need to daily walk with the Lord. This is what we're going to talk about for the next few weeks. As what I need to do. And I'm not just talking about when you are initially saved. I'm talking about continuing to walk on these steps to ensure that you stay saved. That we work out our own salvation. Because we never stop walking. We never stop stepping up those steps of faith. I want to close with this thought this morning. You may think I'm chasing a rabbit, but bear with me.
It's a big fat rabbit, okay? I'm going to give you a list of some things. As I mentioned, there's a lot on our minds today, at the very beginning of the lesson. We've got watch today, and we've, if you've watched the news any over the last few weeks, it seems like there's something going on all the time. I can't even keep up. But I'm going to give you a list of some things, and I'm going to let you in a moment raise your hand to vote. When it comes to these offenses, and this is just in 2022, just in 2022, do you believe that these things were done, committed by individuals in the NBA, in Major League Baseball, or in the NFL, okay? 52 individuals convicted of crimes in 24 states. Here are the lists of things. Out of the individuals in this organization, if you will, 117 have filed bankruptcy in at least two businesses. 84 in 2022 alone were arrested or pulled over for drunk driving. 71 are unable to get a credit card because they cannot use their credit. It's bad. 36 prosecuted for spousal abuse. 21 currently in lawsuits. 19 have been uh, arrested or prosecuted for bad checks. 14 have been arrested for drug-related things. 8 have shoplifted and been caught. 7 convicted of fraud. 3 for assault and one for falsifying documents. How many of you would think that's the NBA? Anybody? How about the Major League Baseball? <laughs> How about the NFL? Raise your hand. Well, you're all wrong. This list is the 435 people that serve in the Congress of the United States of America. Out of 435 people that serve our nation, these are the lists of things that they committed in 2022. Now, I could go on. I could tell you that a fourth of them are currently under investigation for insider trading because they sit on committees that then determine what stocks are sold. When we look to an organization... We look to an individual, we're going we're gonna to be disappointed. I love to watch football. I love Jalen Hurts. Love him. Jalen Hurts didn't pick up a cross and go to Calvary for me. I love Patrick Mahomes. I'm rooting for the Chiefs today, okay? Love the Chiefs. But Patrick Mahomes did not take my place on the cross. I love my country. I believe in democracy. I believe that there are great things our nation can accomplish. But I'm telling you, our heroes are not in the White House or in the Congress. They're human. They're sinful. They have the same mistakes we make. Some of them way more. But anyways, I digress. The blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse all sin as much as mine, as much of their sins can be cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You put your hope into an individual. You put your hope in your, your heroes. You lift them up onto pedestals from one of these or any other. Hollywood's the same way. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to be led down a track that, I'm telling you, it's not going to be good. There are a lot of people this week that are watching the skies. 
They're watching the skies. They got people out here with cameras, some of them with rifles too, in case some unidentified flying object comes into their backyard, right? They're watching the skies. I'm telling you, church, we're watching the skies for the wrong thing. We need to be watching the skies for the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's all we need to be looking for. And so I encourage you, everything that happens, all these things that we're watching, the things we're getting nervous about, things that we're getting worried about, lay that at the foot of the cross. And trust in the Lord. He's done his part, and he will continue to do his part until he comes again. This morning, if you're not a child of God and you've never obeyed the gospel, there is a hero you can look to. Jesus has died in your place. And if you will come and say, I believe he's the Son of God, I'll confess his precious name. I will change my life to live more like him. I will then give my life fully to the Lord and walk daily with him. I will submit in baptism. This morning you can know you're saved and your hero has already paid the price. And if you are a Christian and you've struggled, you've fallen down a few times along the way, notice Jesus still would have carried that cross to Calvary for you. God cannot stand the thought of you not spending eternity with him. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. Also, visit our website at rayreynoldsrap.com. If you'd like to contribute to the show, content suggestions, uh, questions, prayer requests, or even if you just want to reach out to us, you can email us at rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. Have a great day as you seek to maintain an authentic life in Christ Jesus. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.